Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whatever time it is in your hemisphere where you are hearing the sound of our voices. Blessings unto you. We are so grateful to God for another opportunity to share in his word and in the the things that he leads us in on a daily basis. I am Elder Coilette James. I am your host of the It's Real Radio Talk Show, where we deal with real talk on real issues. And I always am so grateful to God for the kingdom connections that he brings into my life. And one of those such connections is my God sister, Sister Tanya Roberts, who is also my co-host and one of my dearest friends, and I'm just so thankful to God for her life. So without further ado, hello, my sister. How are you this fine day? I am awesome, sis. Like I said again, he woke us up this morning. You don't know how blessed I am to have a connection with you and just to be chosen at such a time as this to be on the side of you. That is, that's of greatness, and that is humbling for me. But I thank God it was beautiful weather today. Got a lot of things accomplished today. Now I'm cooking. Y'all know what I do on Sundays. <laughs> and um, so I'm just grateful, you know, for that. And um, so, sis, everything's going good with you? All is well. You know what? I really, really can't complain. Um, you know, there's there's always room for improvement, and that's within and without. But that is part of the process. If there was no more room to improve, then there would be no more reason to be here. So I'm grateful. You know, I see the hand of God working and moving on a daily basis. And so all I can do is give him praise. That's all I can do. Amen. Amen. You said a key thing. You said if if there was no room for improvement, what would we be here for? And so many people don't get that. It It took me a long time to get it, sis. Lord, what are you doing? You know, why am I still here? Just don't think. Mm-hmm. But it's still work to be done when you see another day. Because I actually yeah. just came back from a funeral yesterday in Atlanta. And it was a dear um, customer of mine. And I call him my friend, my brother. And it don't matter what color he, he is. But, you know, you just miss good people when they leave here. So yeah. we just thank God that we're still here and we still have a great work to do for him. Amen. That's that's the the truth. I um very very dear friend of mine and yours um the Howard family 
um, they just lost their mom this past week. And I look at my whose life has been challenged. <laughs> you know, we um, she's one year older than I am, but our lives have paralleled one another um, in so many different ways, even at the ages of having our children and, and different things, just different things we've walked through. And I've looked at her over these past few months, couple of months, and and in the whole family, but especially her, and I'm amazed at the strength and the power of God at work. When you see somebody who buried her son just two and a half months ago, and now this Friday will be burying her mom, and in between these two, and literally in two and a half months, they've lost three other family members. So that's a total of five family members transitioning out of this world in two and a half months and to see the resolve and the resilience of that family in church this morning that, you know, they, they weren't someplace with a bottle. They weren't someplace with a blunt. They weren't, you know, eating edibles to try to get through and all those different things that people do. They weren't popping pills. They were in the house of God, you know, and to see that and to see them to be able to lift up holy hands and and to invoke the spirit of God and the strength of God within their lives, it, it, it was just amazing. It was literally amazing. And it makes you appreciate the resolve of having God in your life even the more. You know, like how how could you walk through something like this without him? You know what I'm saying? And just the, the, the hunger and the thirst within that family um, to allow God, excuse me, to allow God wow. to do what wow. he does. It's amazing. Uh, Jackie was there. Machu was there. The brother, um, T was there. Even Kim and some of her family was there. And, you know, it, it, was, just, it was just amazing to me, seriously. Wow. To see That's powerful. The, you That's know, the pull, the pull. I mean, we yes. all walk through things and we think, you know, we get devastated by things. But when you look at what somebody else is walking through, <laughs> you wow. know, and to do it with grace and strength and power, you know, you know, there's yes. a God. There is, that, that, that yes. eradicates any yes. question. <laughs> you know, yeah, but isn't that what we're supposed to do? Right. But that's what we're supposed to do. That's when you know that your relationship with God has changed, that even mm-hmm. through the battles and through the storms, and it's not easy, you guys, please hear me, because um, you can still, in private, stump your foot and, and kick a rock. Please mm-hmm. hear me, you know, and you can cuss, fuss, go back to it again. But that's what you're supposed to be as a beacon light for others, to let mm-hmm. others know that when you have a relationship, a special relationship with God, he never told you that you won't go through. He never told you that you wouldn't have circumstances. He never said anything like that. Easy is only in the Bible twice. But mm-hmm. then when you go through, he said, there will be trials and tribulations, but mm-hmm. lo, I shall be with you always. That's right. the part that I'm holding on to. I can cry and I get welled up choking on that one right now. Because Man. please believe me, you may not have had a death, but when your kids go astray, it feels like a death. You may not have mm-hmm. a death, but when you lose a job and you don't know how the bills going to get paid, that's a death. When you don't mm-hmm. have a physical death, when you're trying to keep your mind straight, when the devil's trying to take it. When you don't have, when you don't have a physical death, that's when you're going through a divorce or a separation and you don't know why and you're trying to make it better. 
So trust me, mm-hmm. there's many different types of death. It just doesn't have to be physical. Amen. Amen. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, our emotions are are a blessing and a curse to us all at the same time um, because our emotions can steer us in the wrong direction as well as in the right direction. And when you do walk through different things, the, the one thing, um, and the, I'm going to use this to segue into to our topic today, but the one thing that we have to keep in mind is that there's purpose in things. We don't always recognize it when we're walking through it. You know, we'll be the first to say, tell me what good that there is in any of this. You know what I'm saying? We'll always um, find our emotions will always be able to lead us to a negative if we allow it. And we have to get to a place where God gave us feelings and emotions so that we could appreciate life, not so that we can utilize them to find others, to give ourselves excuses to sin, give ourselves excuses to treat others in an improper manner. But he gave us our feelings and emotions so that we could enjoy the life that we live, you know, that you can you can see something and it, it'll heighten your joy. It'll heighten your you can um, experience something. Somebody can say something, and it'll literally change the, the trajectory of your day for the better. Those are the good parts of our emotions, to fall in love, to be in love, to feel that passion um, between you and another person. That That's a good side of our emotions. But then there's always that that polar opposite piece to it that the enemy tries to use to cause us to walk in bitterness, to cause us to walk in hatred, to cause us to walk in unforgiveness, to cause us to walk in despair, to cause us to shy away from the goodness of God that would help strengthen us, as I was talking about their family a few minutes ago, to help us walk through those dark times. So you know that that the good part of the emotions is the part that God blessed us with. So again, as I said, we can enjoy our existence. The bad part and the negative part of those emotions is when we allow the enemy to take those emotions and twist them. There's a reason why the Bible tells, and this just dropped in my spirit, why the the Bible tells us that God will give us joy for our mourning. He will give us beauty for our ashes. There, there is there's a distinct polar opposition going. Um, where the enemy is trying to pull us into the dark, deep abyss, you know, of negativity when the hand of God is there to push us and to promote us into the good, into his presence, into his peace, into his joy. Um, And we've got to learn to discern between who we are allowing to pull us and tug at us and whom we are allowing within our emotions. You know, a lot of times people use their emotions and God wouldn't have given me this emotions if he didn't want me to do something about it or whatever. And we really miss the purpose, the creative purpose of those emotions, which gives me my segue into our show today and our topic is learning how to walk in our creative purpose. 
You see, it, until we can can hone in on first, we were created for purpose. We will never be able to walk in knowing um, we were we have a purpose in which we have to fulfill. You know, we have to walk not only in purpose, but on purpose. We have to be deliberate in the things that we do. We have to be deliberate in the choices we make. We have to be deliberate deliberate even in the emotions that we allow ourselves to go through. Now, please, please, please hear me. Grief, mourning, when something has transitioned, is a natural emotion. I'm not saying it is not. It is a natural emotion. When it becomes ungodly in that emotion is when we're going through that period of time and we do not allow God to go through it with us. We do not allow God in our heart to strengthen us. Machu came up to our man, his name is Matthew, but we all call him Machu, but he came up to the altar for prayer and pastor asked him what specifically he wanted for prayer. And he said that God would continue to be my strength in the midst of it all. Now, this is a young man that just lost his mom. Now, girl, and wait a minute, wait until I tell you this. We were sitting over there um, this past Tuesday night. She passed on Monday, and a few of us were over at Jackie's house on Tuesday night, and we were sitting there, and you know how you're going through getting the stuff together for the obituary, and we started trying to count grandchildren, <laughs> like children, grandchildren, great-grands, and she was a great-great-grandmother, okay? From this one seed, this is this is like so profound. That's powerful. From this one seed, she had nine children. A hundred and twenty-one when I left. That was the last count when I left, and I probably added some more. But it was at a hundred and twenty-one grandchildren. <laughs> okay, that's about uh, four pages on the obituary. Girl, trust me, they weren't listing that's names. That's about four they five were just, pages. <laughs> they were like, no, we just do it numbers. We're not trying to do names. And then great-grandchildren, they, I think, were up to like 32 and about 20-some great-great-grandchildren. That's powerful. From this one woman. And and she was just 89 years old. She would be 90 in a couple of months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, and when that's you profound, isn't that, it? Exactly. When you think of the magnitude of her one life has had on the population <laughs> of this earth realm, it is mind boggling. It's amazing. Yep, and that's not the and that's not the other children that when I was down there, sis that T C lost her grandson, her, her you know what I'm saying, and the other people that had passed away in the family. Two. We counted those two. We counted those and we said, um, I think there were three great grandchildren that had already gone on to be with the Lord. Um, but we counted them in number because they were still part of the offspring. Yeah, that's a that's a quiet that's a choir in heaven. Acquire a football team yeah. and oh, a honey, that's nation. That is that you said. You know, you talk about building a nation. That's that's a nation because imagine the motivation of all of those lives. I mean, it's just amazing. Amazing. You know, that's what the pastor yesterday was talking about at this um because he was cremated so it was a ceremony but that's what he said and he said 
I see all these other lives that he touched in here. I didn't have a chance to meet him. And this minister, it was powerful because I knew from my heart he was real. And he began to weep. And what he said was, isn't that what God put us here for? And, you know, mm. he made a comment. He was like, when I arrived in um, Georgia, you know, and, and it was in uh, uh, a part in Georgia, uh, please forgive me. I couldn't remember it right off. But he said, um, I didn't know that they were still in the Civil War. You know, you guys are still mm-hmm. in the Civil War because what you don't know is God put us here to touch each other, mm-hmm. not just ourselves, not just mm-hmm. what's in our immediate selves, but we mm-hmm. serve a God that's for everyone. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just can't imagine, you know, when you leave, you know, that you haven't touched anybody's life. You, you know, you haven't yeah. had anything kind to say. Nobody, you know what I'm saying to you? Not one mm-hmm. person can go, man, they was a good person. They made me laugh or smile or they said something profound. But we thank mm-hmm. God because we've been blessed with a godmother. And I was blessed with a grandmother that was able to teach me those things. And I thank God for it that, you know, that even when I'm out there, even if I don't know people, I'll still speak or still smile or ask somebody how mm-hmm. they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. and people don't realize that's what we're put here for, to share what God has yes. given us inside for yes. one another. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is so real. That is so real. Inside of that, sometimes we can take just the, the natural things of things, just the natural meaning of things, and really recognize the divine purpose in something or the divine creativity of the mind of God. I broke it down. And I looked at the word create okay, and create a verb, and it means to bring something into existence. That, I mean, just just bring something into existence. Now, the key to create, in my mind, rather than procreate, because God creates, we procreate, Okay. The difference with creating and procreating is creation comes from nothing. Procreating means you have you to start with. You know, we procreate when we bring forth life, when we have babies and what have you. But we, when God created us, he started from nothing. And so everything was derived from what he wanted it to be. We are we are a being and a species that takes things and we recreate them. You know, we'll take um, something. What can I say? Um, a shopping cart. I use that as an example. Children can take a shopping cart created to push the groceries out of the grocery store. They'll recreate it into go kart, something that they can ride down the hill. Like the wheels, they rearrange it, you know what I'm saying? But that's a recreation. The purpose of those wheels and that metal originally was to carry someone's groceries from out of the car. But because of the the part of us that is like our father, we can see things and we can recreate, okay? We can take something, we can change it, we can recreate. We can engineer it, we can produce something else of it. He produced us out of nothing, okay? Because you think about it, he had to create the world first. He had to form it. He had to create it to where it had the oceans and the dry land. 
And after he did all of that, he gave it vegetation, he gave it animals, he did all of that. Then he took part of his created, of his creation, and created man from that creation because it's part of the dirt that he had formed to make up the land mass create us, to form us, to mold us. So in all shapes, forms, and fashions, we're still his creation. And he is the one that brings us into existence. Now, then when we look at the word purpose, the word purpose as a noun breaks down to the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So God had to have purpose when he created us because if he didn't, why would we exist? Why would we even be here? And I think we lose, this is where so many of us get off course because we look at our being here. We, we talk, You know, Tanya, we talk about this a lot on this show because we really, really want our listeners to recognize and understand that their existence in the earth realm is for a purpose. It is for a divine purpose. It is not just to go idly through life doing what feels good or to go idly through life allowing your emotions to dictate you how you treat others, what you do with the time frame of life that you've been given. Even at the beginning of the show today when we talked about um, if we're still here, it means that there's still purpose, there's still something for us to do because when we cannot grow along, when there's nothing else for us to do, then we can go. We don't have to stay here anymore. You know, the word of God says about David that after David had served his generation well, then he went and slept with his fathers. Then he died. That's in essence what it says. But he served his generations well. He did not leave until he got to a place where his purpose had been fulfilled and then moved on. You know, we talk about people dying before their time, but sometimes you have to stop and think, what what, what was created for them being here? Because I've seen children, even T.C., the same thing we were talking about when she lost her grandson, and I think he was two. When she lost him, he got killed in a car accident. But do you realize that in that baby's death at his funeral, that Probably I was told, I wasn't at the service, but I was told it had to be 60 to 75 people give their life to the Lord at this baby's funeral, this little two-year-old baby's funeral. He had purpose, even in his, remember what Samson killed many Philistines in his life, but it said he killed more in his death. When he found those columns, there was purpose, even in his death. You know, and we lose heart and we lose sight of that. We get caught up in our feelings and in our emotions, and I'm not doing that, you know, and they did this to me, therefore I'm not talking to them, and this happened, and so because that happened, that gives me the freedom um, to treat this person any kind of way or not to, not to love this person or whatever. We make up excuse after excuse after excuse, and all we're doing is 
stepping away from walking in disobedience of our created purpose. We've got to learn to walk out our creative purpose. And when we learn to do that, our perception of the things that happen around us change. And that's not an easy transition. I'm here to tell you because I'm still trying to walk it out myself. But I do know that every time I walk something else out, every time God gives me a new insight and a new revelation of this thing, it gets easier. It gets easier to love those that despitefully use me. It gets easier to stop complaining and murmuring about everything, okay? I still get caught up sometimes in, you know, in my, my emotions, and I want to say things, but God is quick to put that girdle or that guard on my tongue and let me know, uh, uh, you, you're complaining again. Uh, uh, what, what are you, what's coming out of your mouth? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking into existence? And what are you, because you won't speak, not allowing to come into existence? We got to look at that too, because we're good. I, I promise you, I am good for this. I can get into my zone and not say nothing to nobody for days. And just be like, mm, you know, in my feelings, in my feelings. But when we shut our mouth, when we shut down and we don't allow the voice of God to speak through us, even to us, then we're missing blessings as well. Because again, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if I'm going to choose to be obedient to you, God, then in that obedience, I've got to speak forth what you are saying to me. I can't be mums the word. I can't shut down and not bless those that I feel despitefully use me. How do I bless them? By lifting them up to God, by play, praying blessings over their lives. And I have to be face-to-face -face with them. But I do have to allow God to use my vocal cords to speak into the atmosphere that which he desires in their lives. Instead of putting them down, talking about them, slandering them, or shutting down altogether and not praying for them or saying what God would have us to say. We've got to look at all of this from different angles if we're going to walk out our creative purpose. Because we weren't put here for us. Okay? I'm not here for me. I'm here because the Father has need of me. Why would I be here for me? Okay, God is here for me. Holy Spirit is here for me. Kingdom connections such as my sister here on the line with me and other people, my husband, my family, and other people that God has touched my life with, they're put here for me, but I'm not here for me. I'm here to carry out the plan of God for that plan for which he created me that plan for which he has me here. And, and Tam, you may, made um, reference to even our children. Like you said, when you have a wayward child, sometimes it feels like a death. But when we stop and we look at it and it's like, okay, so my child is going astray. My child is not lining up to what my child's created purpose is for. And I know that my child was not put on this earth rim to do the things that they're doing. I know that they're going in a wrong direction. Then what is my job in that? 
my job in that because it was that child was God's before he would, he or she was ever mine. So my job in that is to allow God to lead me to speak a word of encouragement, to speak life over that child, to decree and declare that thus saith the Lord that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made and you will partake of his good pleasures because you will be a delight and a pleasure unto him. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I hear. I stand on this. I have been standing on a word that God gave me shortly after I got saved for 31 years. This month, this is September. Today is September 1st. This month has been 31 years since I gave my life to the Lord. And for 31 years, I have stood on this word. And that's the word of God in Acts that says that you and your whole household shall be saved. And he gave me that word. I promise you, it was just a few months after I had given my life to him. And I've stood on that word for 31 years. And I won't take off of it. I don't care what I see. I don't care what they do. But he said, and my whole household. So that means no one will be left out. They may go astray, but they're coming back to the Lord. And I have seen it happen. I've seen it happen. So what is our job? Our job is to allow God to use us in the lives of others. For some of us, it's in the form of ministry, ministering to those people. For some of us, it's in the form of prayer, praying over these people. For some of us, it's in the form of imparting knowledge and wisdom into them, that which God has given you, the revelations he's giving you to impart that into their lives. For others, it's to bless them financially, bless them with their needs, give them some food, give them some clothes. Don't just give them the word of God, give them the word of God in action. I can tell you all day long, I'm praying for you, and you're going to say, okay, thank you. But if I know you have a need and I'm not trying to help you with that need, then, you know, where where am I missing it? Where am I missing it? Christ fed the people. Christ healed people. So we've got to learn to literally surrender unto God our little feeble emotions, <laughs> And, and and I call them little feeble emotions because when we call ourselves in control of our emotions, that's what they are. But when we allow God to move on us with compassion, compassion is part of our emotions. You can feel, you feel empathy and sympathy from people and it gives you compassion. It's part of emotions. You have to allow God our emotions to walk out of things. Our emotions is ineffective, as I said earlier, then we're allowing the enemy to control our emotions or we're allowing ourselves to control it. When we get caught up in our own pride and vainglory and we can't apologize and, you know, and we, we can't befriend somebody because they've done something to us and all of these different things, that's negativity and that's straight from the pit of hell. But if we allow God, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to cause us to open our mouth, to put our pride down. You know, the word said pride comes before fall. So, you know, if you're walking around haughty and in pride, you're about to fall. So we've got to, to change. We've got to change how we treat people, how we interact with people. And it doesn't always feel good. We were talking about 
walking, um, the Christian walk being hard, and, and this came up in Bible study on Wednesday, and I said, yeah, sometimes it is hard, and Pastor had made reference to it again this morning in our solid foundation class, and as he brought it up again, the thing that God dropped in my spirit is that this Christian walk is hard, but it's hard in the fact of us wrestling with ourselves, not, not the enemy, because I'm not going to give the enemy play. But wrestling with myself, this is how I see it, and this is for me, that when I wrestle with me as far as being obedient to what God has asked me to do or called me to do or told me not to do, that's the hard part. The wrestling trying to get my my flesh under subjection because flesh wants to do it one way, and the spirit of the living God that dwells within wants to do it another way. And the word of God has already taught us that those two are enemy against one another. Our, the spirit of God and our flesh are always in opposition of one another. So that wrestling to to submit and to surrender with God's will and God's way, that's the time when it feels like it's a struggle. As long as I'm walking and I am freely submitting and surrendering myself to God and I'm allowing him to be just who he is in my life and that's God, then, then it's not hard. What let's victory. It really is. And for the life of me, and maybe you can help me with this, Tanya, for the life of me, I don't understand why I would not walk in that at all times when I know that it's sweatless victory, but yet and still, I will still allow those times when my flesh will rise up, and so now i got to battle with my flesh against what I know I'm supposed to do. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It, it, but I'm it sure is. I'm not it, it, the it, only it. one out here that has that struggle. Oh, my God, I, I believe we all have that struggle, and we just have some church people that act like they're so holy. They don't have that struggle, but they still do. You know, I remember mm-hmm. you guys went at the age of 12, and, all, and, and, I, and that was the time, 11, that I became, I was molested by my step-grandfather, and different things was happening, and I didn't understand it. And, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this, that whole aura up is because I used to cry and tell the Lord all the time, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry. Why am I the one always saying I'm sorry? Why am the sister in the family to always saying I'm sorry? So I don't even know why I'm saying I'm sorry. It was them that did it. It was them that did an injustice. Not me, but you're, called, you're telling me to go say I'm sorry. You know, just different people, uh, forgive me, I'm sorry. You know, um, and that, that became a word of mine in my sentence. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because... I was, and I told the Lord, I'm tired of being a fool. I'm tired of feeling like people are using me. I'm tired of all this compassion you gave me, this love for people. And people don't love you back, and I remember crying. Well, let me say something to you. At the age of 55, God be willing, I'm sitting there saying to myself, now, Lord, I need my compassion back. What's happening is dwindling. I need my love back. What's happening is dwindling. I need my understanding back. What's happening is dwindling because life through life, that's why he says to us all the time not to lose that, not mm-hmm. to um, harden not thy heart. You know what I'm saying? And that's a, that's a word in there, harden not thy heart. It's so easy mm-hmm. after you've gone through divorces or breakups or, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, the kids act crazy and they cuss you out. Your kids are cussing you out and you ain't never cuss your mama out. You know what I'm trying to say? You you know, you, you understand divorce because your mama had a divorce. But, you 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 know, you try to break this generational curse. 
then you try, you know, then you're trying to be understanding, and other people are not understanding. And at the same time, because see, I was that one curse you out. I would have never did anything like that. Now I'm like, Lord, you better hold this tongue right now because I'm ready to mm-hmm. cuss them out cold. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say some words to them they ain't never heard, and you know I can create some. I told the Lord, you know, I can make up some, and I'm going to add a couple of added additions to this. I really need you to help me. See, those Mm -hmm. are prayers I didn't never have to pray before because I promise you guys, I didn't understand that. But when you go through and you meet people on this journey, you know, lions, tigers, and bears, you know, walk. Oh, my. It really will confuse you. It really will conform you. It really will make you not so whatever. But I will say this to you. Pray and ask God in heaven. Because what people don't know is when he asked Solomon, I want to say, says, what can I give you? And he said, a compassion after your people's uh, people's heart. Uh-huh. You know, and you got to understand one thing. That's what made him king. And when you get to the point where you can't have compassion, where you get to the point where you don't, you don't know how to cry anymore, I mean, I will cry at a drop of a dime. And then I told the Lord, I'm tired of crying all the time. Now he's mm. crying at the tears, and I'm like, I want to cry. That was water in my ground. I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. You took it from mm. me. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 when I was saying, I, forgive me, you were watering my ground for the future. I didn't know that. Can I have that back? Yeah. Will you guys please hear me? I'm not a, I'm not like I used to be. Now I sit in the middle of a room with the Lord sometimes, and I weep because I said, what have I done? What have I prayed over my life? What have I asked you to bring into my life when you gave me great things, your gifts, your fruits of the Spirit, your love, your oh. compassion, your graciousness, to, to get the spirit of giving? Now I'm looking at people now. Can you help me? I'm looking at people inside their head going, do they really need help? I ain't never care about that. I just gave because that's what my heart told me to do. Now I'm looking uh-huh. upside homeless people's heads going, they playing the game. Now all they're going to do is take my money and get drugs with it. I never cared about that before. And what I did not know is those were my seeds of harvest. Those were my uh-huh. seeds of blessings in my life. Because of that, and what I'm saying to you is, you know, I didn't want it. I didn't realize that those were gifts. I didn't realize that those were the very precious things of God. And I kept praying and saying to him, take it away. Mm. I don't want it. It's causing me pain. It's causing me grief. It's causing me stress. It's causing me hardship. It's causing me friends. It's causing me family. It's causing me this. Everybody think I'm weak. And he said, you're exceptional. You're exceptional. And that'll be Hmm. another show. But don't, what I'm saying, please, know who you are. And when I say that, that's not easy. But know what your heart feels and what your heart is. If you love, don't ask God to stop you from loving. Just teach you to be wiser. And I remember my godmother, I had the gift to see things. And I told my godmother, I want God to take it away. She said, don't say that again. Because you'll wish he never took it away. Mm. And now I'm saying, Lord, I want to dream again. Remember that? Mm. He said, if you ask me to take that away, 
I want to see again. Remember that? But you asked me to take it away. I am a replica of telling anybody out there, whatever gift God has blessed you with, don't ask him to take you, take it away. But oh, yeah. give you what it takes to bring it forth so he can be glorified. I didn't mm-hmm. over talk since I apologize. Oh, no, nothing to apologize for. What you said was very, very valid. You know, and I was thinking about it as you were saying it. What came to mind is um, the children and how the children are fearless, how the children have so much hope, how the children have so much faith, and we as adults cause them to lose it. Tell them, um, no, you can't. No, you can't be that. No, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Kids hear more no's from us than they hear yeses. And and the way we handle them, the way we speak to them, get over here. You know what I'm saying? Instead of building their spirit, it's like we try to break their spirit. And over time, they lose that passion for life because we have taken it away from them. And as adults, we don't appreciate little things that we appreciated as a child. We don't have the vivid imagination that we had as a child. We don't have um, that zeal. Think about little boys and little girls. When you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they can tell you so many different things, so many different things, you know, because they have passion for life. Then we Try to try to snuff that passion out without even recognizing what we're doing because of how we handle them, because of how we talk to them. I'm going to forget Robbie, my, my oldest grandson, he probably was about, oh, let me see, I was on Yellow Rose. So he was probably about six, five or six, something like that. And I'll never forget, he came into my room and I was working graveyard at the time. And so my, my sleep was, was real strained because I could only, you know, obviously when you work in graveyard, you work all night, and I'm not a person that can sleep well during the day. So sleep was really, really jacked. But he came in my room, and he was asking me something, and I said no to him. And as I said no to him, there was a check in my spirit. And my question to him, I said this out loud. I said, I tell you no too much, don't I? And he looked at me and said yes. And it was it was like God opening my eyes to show me, you know, that instead of taking the time to appreciate what he's asking for or walking him through the different situations, as adults, we're so we're so um geared to say no. You know what I'm saying? We we don't take the time to bless the children, to to appreciate the children. It's always sit down, do this. Da, 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 da. Didn't I tell you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, instead of embracing them and building them, we're always yapping at them. That's always powerful. saying, always saying no. We've got to learn to embrace the things that God has placed within us. This is still staying in line with our top walking out our creative purpose because what you were just saying about asking God to take the gifts away, if God put the gifts within you, he has purpose for them. 
He And remember Christ said, and this is one of the reasons why I brought up how we treat the children, is because he said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. It's like you have to have that childlike heart and zeal for life before we as adults tear that down in that child. And especially in those formative years. You know, your happy children are your children that the parents spend time molding and building up and they do things together and they're a family and they experience life together, not in the negative all the time, but in the positive. My family and I took a road trip recently and I told my grandson, because my grandson and I, my youngest grandson and I, we had had a little altercation a few weeks ago. And, you know, it was just like, you know, well, hold on, little boy, because, you know, he'll be he'll be 15 this month. So, you know, they kind of get to smelling themselves about this age. But it's like, you know, let me just show you. I, I'm not your mother. I don't play. <laughs> okay. But I know that needed to happen to establish something. But even in establishing something, I still had to maintain I am your grandmother and I love you kind of thing. So when we got ready to go on the trip, and I think he was a little hesitant because he didn't really know how our interaction was going to be. That That morning, I said to him, I said, we're going to go make memories together. Come on, we want you to go with us because it was supposed to just be a girl's trip. But we wanted him to come after some of the people that were supposed to go fell out anyway. So we had the room and what have you. And it was like, let's go make memories together. In other words, I know there was a negative experience that we've had, but now let's have a positive experience. Let's go make some memories. And we did. We all, I, I promise you, even like him and his sister are always at one another. Girl, four days, not an argument. I mean, it was just like, just such a cohesiveness within the family unit. We enjoyed one another. We laughed. We giggled. We had fun. <laughs> you know, we saw things that we had never seen before. We experienced things together. Without, oh God, thank you, without any tension, without any, you know, hold your breath because this one might go off or that one might say something or whatever. It was just a sense of freedom and enjoyment. And that's what families need. You know, we got to learn to build memories, happy memories with our family. You know, not always the negative, not always the da, 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 okay? But let's live life together. And that's the same thing that God wants for us with him. It's for us to make wonderful memories together, recognizing that we are in a relationship with the Father. So it's not always holding your breath, waiting on God to pounce on you or waiting on God to scold you or waiting on God to to be mean to you or whatever, or you always, you're constantly walking in that state of fear. It's like, oh my God, have I've lived in that atmosphere where you gotta tiptoe through the house because you never know when a certain somebody gonna go off or they're gonna say something or whatever. It it is a miserable life for everybody. For everybody. That's not what God wants for us. God wants us to embrace life. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy life. He created things for our enjoyment. And guess what? He created us for his enjoyment. We were created to will and to do of God's good pleasure. 
So when we recognize the purpose for our creation and the fact that our lives are so intertwined with other people's lives that we have purpose, when we step out of our purpose and out of walking in and on purpose, then we mess up the purpose of other people's lives that were dependent on us. Now, God always has a ram in the bush, and he can always pull somebody else forward to be a blessing to that individual. But then you have missed your blessing of reward because you were a blessing to them. Because once you cease to be that blessing, then, hey, there's ramifications. Because now you're walking in disobedience to your creative purpose. So, I mean, this thing can go deep, 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 seriously. But we, the biggest thing to recognize and understand is that you are not here by accident. You are not here um, just in, to exist. People get to a certain place in life, and all they're doing is existing. And some, and, and, and when I say to a certain place, I'm not talking age, because I've seen young people that are just walking around existing. They're not living. They're just existing. There's no joy in them, they're, especially like, you know, when you have forsake a gang member or whatever that has lost the appreciation of life, and it would just as soon blow your brains out as to speak to you. They've lost that, like you said, that compassion for life. And they're just existing. They don't even expect to make it through the next year. They don't. They, you know, in their mind, you know, I'm going to take you out, you're going to take me out, whatever. But they've lost that reason for their created existence. And then you have older people that walk through that same thing. They think that they've outlived their usefulness. But if they are still here with the wisdom and the knowledge that they have gained through the years, then there's still something for you to impart into somebody. Your body may not function the way it used to function, but if your mind and your, your vocabulary and your vocal cords are still intact, then you have something to pour into somebody. You know, we talk about Mother Atkinson all the time. She had some some physical issues that she battled with in her body on a daily basis, but her mind was sharp as all get out. Her knowledge and wisdom of the word of God was so keen and so on point. Her prophetic spirit it just was one of those that if it came out of her mouth, you could take it to the bank. Because she was that intimate and that in tune with the spirit of the living God. And because of that, God kept her here for an extended period of time so that she could pour into you and to me and the countless others that she poured into. At her homegoing service, it blessed my soul because at a certain point, pastor asked all of her spiritual children to stand up. Half the church stood up, literally. Half the church stood up and everybody was dressed in white because that was mother's color. You know, she said that God gave her a command when she went to go do her work, which is the work of the Lord to wear white. And so we all honored her and we all wore white to her home going. And when he said, you know, to all of her spiritual children to stand up, literally half the church stood up because those are, that's how much she touched people's lives. And and all of us felt like we were her favorite, okay? All of us felt like, you know, we were that one, seriously, because that's how she made us feel. So it's like, but her, her life had purpose to pour into ours. So what I'm saying is all of our lives have purpose, and the purpose is for us to impact the life of someone else, not in a negative way, not always trying to lift up your chest and be the big person, 
You know, I mean, I, I know for a fact I can go in on somebody on a drop of a dime if you put me in that position, but I'm learning that if I talk to you, I need the spirit of God to come out of my mouth, not me trying to be the bully, not me trying to be heat big man, not me trying to prove my point. Because I never know what impact my words are going to have on you. So even if I don't care for you in the natural, I still have to continually remember you were created by the same God that created me. So therefore, you have purpose and destiny. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. So if I am going to treat you in a way unlike the, what the father treats me, then what is the father going to do to me in retaliation? Because guess what? We always want the father to retaliate on our behalf if somebody treats us wrong. So we got to keep in mind that each and every, we may not all be his children because we may not all have that type of relationship with us, but we are all his creation, each and every one of us. And who is to say that if I treat you in the proper manner, God said, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee? Not by getting all up in your face, not by talking smack to you, not by da, 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 but with loving kindness, have I drawn you? So if I am going to draw others, because they need to see the God in me, they don't need to see me. They need to see the God in me, because I can't save nobody. I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. I'm trying my doggone is not to go to hell my doggone self, okay? But if I can show you the love of Christ, even in the midst of whatever situation it is, then possibly it will change the trajectory of your life. And you'll go in a different direction. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to be really transparent here. My youngest granddaughter is now with child. And I am not real, real fond of the person that she has chosen to be her mate and all of this. But even in the midst of my not being fond of this individual, and it's not that this individual is a bad individual. I just don't see this individual having any ambition. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) You need to get some gumption in your life and start going after something, okay? But even in the midst of that, I still have to recognize that no matter what my personal feeling is, if I treat you in a manner in which God would have me to treat you, maybe I can help change the trajectory of your life. If I treat you the way my little emotions might want to treat you, then I can force you and push you into a whole different place. Especially, especially, I'm running around here, quote unquote, Elder Coilette. So if I'm not treating you, as a child, and even more importantly, a servant of God, if I'm not treating you with the love of God, then what am I saying about my relationship with God? How am I going to draw you into a personal relationship with God? We don't think about these things when we speak out, when we say the things we say, when we treat people the way we treat them. How are you reflecting God in your life at that moment? What is what you're doing, how is what you are doing affecting that other purpose, the other person's purpose? We do not know. I've had people come back and tell me that I said something to them and I don't even remember I said, but how it blessed them and it changed the way they thought about something. I, I promise you, there have been times 
And I look at them and I'll be like, well, I thank God for Jesus because I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously. But when you're obedient and you're yielded to God, God can use you. He can use you in ways that you would never even consider. And that means with your enemy, quote unquote, and with your friends and with that person that you meet on the street that you don't even know and that you will never, ever see again in life. One of the things that I stress about kingdom influence is the one gift that God has given you that you can utilize to influence the life of someone else is your vocal cords. When you acknowledge that that person is in existence, so many times we will walk by a person and not even acknowledge their existence by saying hello. Or if we say hello, we say it with an attitude. You don't don't speak to me if you got to do it with an attitude. That's just how I feel. You know, where I got, you know, you got to show me that you feel some kind of way about me right now. No, we'll just keep it. <laughs> that, that's all right. You know, because guess what? I'm not the one going to be in judgment of it. God is. So I have learned, and this is for me, I have learned that I've got to treat you with the same love, compassion, and mercy that God is treating me with because I need his love, compassion, and mercy every single day of my life because I promise you I don't get it right all the time. But he yet loves me in spite of. He yet loves me through. And because he does, I am grateful. And it gives me the ability and the desire to show forth that love, that grace, that mercy, and that compassion to someone else. Because he didn't have to do it for me, but he did. He definitely didn't have to get out of heaven, come down, get out of his deity, suffer as a man. Suffer through all the trials and tribulations of pain and rejection as a man and still yet love us enough to hang on that cross so that we could be reconciled to the Father. So my biggest thing, and I'm going to turn it over to you, sister, you can give your closing remarks, but my biggest thing in, in our discussion today in learning how to walk in your creative purpose is to see and recognize how God treats you and allow how he treats you to spill over into the lives of others, recognizing and understanding that you are here for others not for you. It is not about if it feels good to you do it. It is about, is this what you would have me to do, Father? Because you created me for purpose and destiny. Go ahead, girl. I thought you'd let me continue to listen to you because you were setting it off and everything that you said. Um, That is so true, what you said about loving and spite of and getting over yourself. I'm not telling you guys this is easy. You're saying, mm-hmm. how do I do that when you've been doing things for so long? Well, the key to it, the key to getting ahead is getting started. you got to take baby steps. And when we were kids, if you were our age and you remember our, our cartoon, Christmas cartoon, it says just take one step in front of the other. Mm-hmm. You may do good today. It may not do good tomorrow. You may do good for a week and bum it out for a couple of days. But as long as you know to get back on track, because that's not what God puts you here for, to be bitchy, to, to look at people, to judge people, not to forgive people. Okay, we all make mistakes. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about you guys, but every time I make one and look at people like they did something, God will bring it around to me. And I'm going, what? 
I'm doing mm. the same thing. Mm. So, you know, that's what he means by taking a sigh out your eye first. When you want love and compassion, you got to give it. Yeah. When you want understanding, you got to give it. If you want to be, um, people don't realize, if you want to be prosperous, you got to give to be prosperous. You can't be selfish. I don't yeah. care who you look at. They may have it going on, and you go, they're selfish. Well, they may have been selfish to you. That doesn't mean they ha- they're selfish. Hmm. Just like the enemy can give gifts, your Father in Heaven can give you greater gifts to create it, the enemy. Yeah. So you have to practice what you want to put into your life out there. This is what God gave us. I truly believe he blessed us with all the fruits of the Spirit. It's just up to you which gift you choose and want to operate in. Amen. And what results you want in your life. I'm not going to lie to you. Man, my daughter, y'all know, I didn't told y'all through the show, she didn't cuss me out raggedy. A couple of them. And I got three. So if I said a couple, that mean two. But as much as I don't want to say anything, as much as I just go, Lord, I just, uh-uh, I can't, uh-uh, I can't do this. He gives me more and more. My husband get on my nerves. And I go, uh-uh, that's it. I'm just over this right here. Then before I know it, he gives me more compassion and more love because I want mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Not for any other reason. He knows that I want it. Mm-hmm. So to operate in what God has blessed you with, it's to start releasing yourself with all those walls up and give it to God. Nobody knows what you say to him in your private um, spot. Find your closet, mm-hmm. wherever it is, mm-hmm. in your car, outside, sitting on the porch, by the beach, sitting in bed, whatever, using the bathroom. Find God. Find him. Find Jesus and t- and tell him all about it. And I promise you, he'll start sending different things your way to listen to, to talk to people, to give you a word. I yeah. was at work the other day last week, and uh, I had to work 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, and uh, you know, when you have headphones in and, man, some music is good. I used to really know how to sing, y'all, but, you know, I'm like a little, you know, a little off. But, you know, I'm still singing because it's my heart, you know, and I'm singing some songs. And all of a sudden, you know, the lights come on. It was time for me to take my headphones off. And this gentleman that was delivering books and Bibles to our job came around. And he said, I just want to ask you, you sing professionally? I said, ha, yeah, right. No. You know, he said, I used to be in a quartet, you know. He says, but I like to sing gospel music, and that way, you know what I'm saying, nobody won't say anything. I said, that's why I like to stick to gospel songs, because nobody won't boo you. You know, and he started laughing, and we were laughing. And he reached in his pocket, and he said, I want to give you something. Get a cup of coffee, whatever. I just want you to know that God is is smiling on you, because you don't know by you singing that made my day. He said, mm-hmm. I was, I'm looking at him going, what? And he gives me a $2 bill, you guys, a $2 mm. bill. And he says, I'm going to save it. But he said, this is just something to let you know thank you. Because, you know, you didn't have to sing this morning. And what he didn't know is I had some things going on. I feel I'm having some things going on in my life right now that seems overwhelming to me. But I thank God because you know what he told me? This ain't nothing. This ain't adversity. Hmm. You're looking at this ain't this ain't the devil. Okay. This is get together. Yeah, this ain't the devil. This ain't no witches. This ain't no warlock. This is you. Get together. Hmm. Because what I do realize is what God has set me, I thank him. What God has set me there for, my purpose, whether it's a smile or whatever. Because trust me, you can go in a grocery store now. You don't even know. I'm looking around, y'all. 
I ain't going to lie to nobody. I look for exits. I get in there. I get out. But still, guess what? I'm still going to smile at you. I'm still going to say, how are you? Beautiful. How are you? Okay? Keep on walking. I don't care what race you are. And that's because when I, at the end of the day, I want my God to be glorified and magnified. And those are yeah. my ending remarks. Amen, amen. Well, we are way out of time, <laughs> but bless God, because we needed those remarks. Those were really, really blessed. We love you all. Be blessed. Have an incredible weekend, Lord, and Lord willing, we'll be back. Same God time, same God channel next week. God bless. I love you guys. Love you, sis. Let's keep it real.